In our session today, we're going to study the redemptive grace of God. The redemptive grace of God. Christ is the most precious gift, the greatest revelation of God's grace to us sinners. For the Father offered him as the propitiation for our sins, not as a result of what we ourselves have done, but according to to his own mercy, grace, and love. We were dead in our transgressions. Without hope, we lived in fear of eternal damnation because of our culpability. We were not able to make peace with the Holy and Righteous One, that is, to atone for our iniquities, to appease God's wrath, and to be right with him. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16 God gave his son as a ransom for sin to reconcile to him those who believe in his son. Christ willingly died as our substitute on Calvary, so that anyone who believes in him may be freely justified before God and graciously granted eternal life. Salvation is God's gift to us sinners and a manifestation of his grace. We cannot earn it. We do not deserve to be saved. Nor is the Lord God under any obligation to save us. Our fate as sinners is eternal damnation. But God offers salvation to anyone who puts his faith in Christ. For in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Although we ought to be damned because of our wickedness, God offered his son as a ransom for many. By the precious blood of Christ, we are freely justified. Anyone who repents of his sins and believes in Christ is no longer condemned. For Christ has appeased the wrath of God on behalf of all those who have faith in him, thus giving them access to grace and making them partakers of his divine nature. And as it is written, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 17 Christ's sacrificial death satisfied the righteous demand of the law. It resulted in our justification. In his substitutionary death on the cross, Christ took upon himself the curses for the sins of all those who put their trust in him and imputed to them his own righteousness. In this manner, 
the redemptive grace of God has been revealed to us. And the result of this grace is salvation in Christ, the Lord and Savior. In Christ, we are graciously regenerated, sanctified, and will be glorified by the Spirit of grace, not because of our works or merits, but as a result of God's grace through our faith in Christ the Savior. In this regard, Paul reminds the Christians in Ephesus, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your undoing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. Christ is the fountain of God's grace. He was sent into the world to give water to the parched land, to revive the dead soil, and to restore to life the prisoners of death. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 verse 23 Salvation is found in Christ alone. Christ is the revelation of God's grace. As Paul writes in Romans 3 verse 24 to 25, we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over formal sins. Through the substitutionary death of his son on the cross, God justifies us, the ungodly. He sets us free from our captivity to sin and death. Although he knew no sin, Christ died as our substitute on Calvary. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 verse 5 God made peace with men through the shed blood of his own son, and thus has bestowed grace upon us. The Lord has equipped us those whom he has called according to his grace with godly gifts and spiritual resources so that we can live the life he has prepared for us, the life in, him, in union with him. In other words, he preserves us and enables us to live to the standard of godliness he has set for us. As 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 4 reads, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire.
in our former lives, we were slaves to sin, seeking after the desires of the flesh. But the Lord bought us with his precious blood and has prepared for us a life of righteousness, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5 verse 21 Just like common grace, redemptive grace also called salvific grace, saving grace or redeeming grace is not the result of one's works or merits and no one deserves it. But unlike common grace, which is universal, salvific grace is limited, which means it is granted by God only to those he chose in eternity past to redeem as an inheritance for his son. And obviously, God's redeeming grace is foundational to our salvation. To fully grasp this, we must first understand the human condition. No one in their natural state seeks after God. In our natural state, that is, when we are not regenerate, we are at enmity with God, inherently evil, puffed up with pride and inclined to oppose the will of God and to seek after the desires of the flesh. We are unable to please God. Paul affirms this truth in Romans 8, verse 7 to 8, when he says, The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Before our regeneration, we are so blind and dead in our transgressions that we reject the only light for our souls, that is, the Word of God. And we can do nothing to remedy our spiritual bankruptcy. But God the Redeemer in His grace breathes a new life into our hearts. The Spirit of grace regenerates us and puts an end to our hostility against God. Through our new birth, we are cleansed of all our faults and gifted with a new heart and a new mind. This new birth that we have in Christ is the fulfillment of God's promise to set us free from the bondage of sin. For the Lord declares in Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27, I will sprinkle clean water on you and make you clean from all your idols and everything else that defied you. I will give you a new heart and a new mind. I will take away your stubborn heart of stone and give you an obedient heart. I will put my spirit in you, and I will see to it that you follow my laws and keep all the commands I have given you.
No man can be reconciled to the Lord unless the Spirit of grace gives them a new birth. Were it not for the saving grace of God, no one would ever have come to Christ. The Lord God is the gracious seeker and savior of lost souls. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord in his grace sent his son Jesus Christ into the world as a savior. And he has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Compare Isaiah 53 verse 6. It's the Lord who seeks and saves us sinners. As natural men, we have no desire to turn to God. All we do in our longing to serve the flesh and to gratify our pride is to make the chasm that separates us from our Creator as deep and vast as possible. But in His grace, our great God and Savior draws us to Himself, so that we do not perish in our vain pursuit. So no natural man seeks after God. Rather, God is the seeker. The Lord affirms this reality in John 6, verse 44, when he declares, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Not only is it the Lord who draws us to himself, but it is also he who enables us to understand the things of the Spirit. For the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 What a gracious God we have! He seeks and saves the very people who by nature hate him and makes them partakers of divine nature. He graciously justifies us the wicked. The Lord in his mercy and grace has provided atonement for our sins, graciously giving us victory over sin and death through the substitutionary death of his own son Jesus Christ on the cross. It's thus through Christ the word that grace is given to us. As it is written, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me reigns before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 14 to 17 Christ didn't have to die for us. 
He has no obligation toward men, yet he willingly laid down his life to redeem us. Christ came and lived the perfect life we can never live. Through the work of regeneration accomplished by his spirit, God gives faith to those whom he has chosen as an inheritance for his son. That is to say, is the Lord who gives us that which is fundamental to our salvation. That is faith. For no one can please God without faith. For whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. We are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It must be noted, however, that faith in Christ is not a fruit of the human nature, but rather a fruit of the Holy Spirit. For us to believe in Christ, the Spirit of grace must first regenerate our sinful and rebellious hearts. Our regeneration precedes our faith in Christ. The Spirit of God removes our heart of stone and gives us a new heart and a new mind. He gives us a new nature which is inclined toward the will of God rather than the desires of the flesh. So God initiates our call, gives us the gift of faith, justifies us, sanctifies us and glorifies us graciously. The whole process of our redemption is God's doing, regardless of our deeds, merits, and works. In other words, God does not grant us His grace on the basis of what we ourselves have done, but rather what He does is inherent in His nature. Thus declares the Lord in Exodus 33 verse 19, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The special grace that God bestows on us gives us access to every spiritual blessings in the, in the heavenly world. In our next session, we are going to study the benefits of God's salvific grace. Stay tuned.